For those who don't know me, my name is uh, Jeff. I'm part of the preaching team here at C3 and very excited uh, to be with you this morning uh, for this message where we're looking at part of this series that Katie's talked about, Influence, particularly looking at education um, and how as the church we can have an influence through education, but also how we are influenced by education. And um, last week we had an amazing uh, week. Dave Niskin, those you know, Dave was here um, he was talking about the entertainment industry and the creative arts and how we can have an influence in those areas. And it was a fantastic message. If you missed that message, please do go online and find it and listen to it. You get to hear him play, which was incredible, uh, but also to hear his, what he said was um, fantastic. So go online, find that. Uh, but today we're on education. And I'm uh, very privileged uh, in a few minutes to be welcoming Stephen Monday uh, to the stage. Stephen, um, I'll introduce him properly uh, in a few minutes. Uh, but we're going to be having a kind of discussion about education. Um, but just before we start that discussion, I wanted to have a few thoughts maybe to help frame what I'm going to be talking about. So um, just a few thoughts to get us started, really. Um, now, before I do that, I just wanted to see just by a show of hands, who here is in some way involved with education? Just you put your hand up? OK. Decent number of people, maybe between 20 and 30 percent, perhaps. Now, obviously, I don't know all of you guys, but Many of you may be teachers and involved uh, in classroom teaching. Um, but of course, schools are not just about teachers. There's a whole um, army of different people who are involved in the education, whether it's uh, the invaluable work that's done by so many teaching assistants, um, but also the support staff. You know, the schools run with administrative teams and catering staff and site teams and all those things. And those, those different teams don't just fulfill a function, but they, they carry and they communicate and they educate in the ethos and the culture of the school. And perhaps some of the people who put their hands up aren't necessarily involved in schools, but are involved in maybe nurseries, um, going back in one direction or going forward into university in different educations at different ages and different stages. Perhaps some people here aren't involved um, in schools, universities, nurseries, but they are involved in business or industry or maybe in institutions like the NHS. And in that institution, you have a role where you are doing training, and that is part of your role. Well, that's education. Perhaps you are a mentor, that new people in that kind of industry or in that area are mentored by you as someone who has more experience. That may be a formal role or a formal kind of title you've been assigned, or it might be just something that happens naturally, because you are someone that people look at and they say, they know what they're doing, they know what they're talking about, they're a good person to go to when they've got questions or they just want to have a, a conversation. Or maybe it's less to do with the work that you do during the week, but actually through the church you're involved in education, working with the kids' work programme that Katie mentioned, or the youth team, or working through the midweek groups, or all the different initiatives and activities that run through the church that are all to do with trying to influence and shape and help us all to kind of educate and teach each other. Perhaps you're involved in that programme. And maybe... Let's not forget the most important educators of all. As we know, teachers all finish teaching at three o'clock and then go home. But 24-7, there are parents across this church who are responsible for the training and the shaping and the teaching of their children in things that are maybe academic, maybe moral, maybe cultural, maybe social and spiritual. And along with parents, there are, of course, grandparents who are also involved in that process and uncles and aunts and older brothers and sisters and all sorts of other people. So my, my opening point really is just this, that probably if we analyse it in that way, most of us could say, actually, yes, I am involved in education. 
That is something that I do. I am a, a person of influence in this person's life or in someone's life. My first question to frame our discussion this morning is, who are you influencing? When you break it down in those terms, who are you influencing? Um, the, there was a, a guy called Nicodemus who went to see Jesus fairly early on in Jesus' ministry. And Nicodemus was um, part of the Jewish ruling council. So he was an important person. And he seeks out Jesus and he says this to him. He says, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. And I was interested in the use of word teacher because 47 times through the Gospels, the four Gospels, Jesus is called teacher. Now, a few years ago, I'd have had to spend hours and hours going through the New Testament, very slowly counting and tallying those up. But that was um, a kind of factual nugget delivered by Google in 30 seconds. But... Google is, of course, the 21st century's greatest educator of all. But the, the, the thought is this. Why is it that Jesus is so often called teacher? It's not because he has a PGCE. Nor is Jesus head of DT and carpentry in the Nazareth Village College. This is not a formal role that he has. He doesn't have any formal role as a teacher in the synagogue. Yet time and time again, people call him teacher. And I believe he's called teacher because when he speaks people listen. And when people listen to him, their lives are changed for the better. And surely whatever we do, that is something we can all aspire to do better and to do more. So who are we influencing? Secondly, how are you influencing? My uh, job is as a music teacher at Camborne Village College. And as a music teacher, I'm often teaching people to play the keyboard or to sing or to write songs and things like that. But alongside teaching those musical skills, of course, there's a whole load of other things that I'm teaching. On a good day, I'm teaching things like patience, kindness, perseverance, respect. Maybe on a bad day, I end up teaching impatience, frustration, unfairness, inflexibility. The truth is, whether we like it or not, we are always influencing. We are always shaping those around us through our words and through our actions. Deliberately or maybe unintentionally. But how are we influencing people? Thirdly, just think about this. Who or what is influencing you? Because for sure something or someone is. We are all being influenced. And it's not just this morning about the outflow from us, how we can influence others, but also the inflow. Who is influencing us? You know, if we're not deliberate and intentional in kind of choosing our influences, then perhaps we'll end up being shaped by other things or other people that may not do us good. So one of the reasons that perhaps we come to church is so that we can hear and we can respond to and we can sit under the teaching from the different people on the preaching team, and Steve and the team who have kind of, um, I don't know, immersed themselves in scripture so that we are getting that regular inflow that is influencing and shaping our lives that then flows out from us. So as I have this conversation that we're going to have uh, with Stephen, just keep thinking, who are you influencing? How are you influencing? And who or what is influencing you? Just before I welcome Stephen to the stage, I'd just like to introduce him so you know uh, who he is, um, which is worth doing. Effectively, he's my boss's boss. So I teach at Camborne Village College. Um, Now, Camborne Village College, along with another three secondary schools, a sixth form, and uh, various different primary schools are part of a kind of trust of schools called the CAM Academy Trust. And Stephen is the executive principal um, of that 
um, kind of whole network of schools. So a very significant role. He was uh, studied economics here at Cambridge University and then went on to train to be a teacher after that. In 2001, uh, he became the head teacher of Combaton Village College. Um, and then a few years later, I joined the school. That's incidentally not part of his biog. That's just, I'm just inserting that in there as a kind of uh, uh, point, point of connection. So I, I joined the school a few years after he'd been head teacher. Um, and among his many roles, he's, he's, as well as the, the work he does in all those schools, he's had a very significant role for, for many years um, on a kind of national scale and advisory capacities for the Department of Education in many different ways. Um, in 2009, he was awarded an honorary doctorate by Anglia Ruskin University for his services to education and community. And in 2013, very deservedly, I believe, he was awarded a CBE in recognition of his services to education. So, yeah. There we go. So I say all that so that we are aware how grateful we are to have a man of such great influence and such, you know, as, both as an educator and in the world of education with us this morning. But what I've always appreciated is not just that he is a man of great influence, but he is a very God-influenced man. And from the first time I got to know him, it was evident that his faith um, and his kind of commitment and devotion to that faith ran through everything that he did. And I'm sure you will come to recognise that this morning. Um, finally, I just want to share one very early memory I have of Stephen in a more kind of personal uh, kind of way. Um, it was my very first week of teaching at Cam uh, Combaton Village College. And um, in the dining hall, there was kind of lots of different kind of tables, lots of kids, obviously, but there was also a table where teachers used to gather and sit around and have their lunch. And I was sitting there and there were various other teachers and Stephen uh, very regularly kind of joined that table. And that had already struck me as slightly odd because the school I'd been at before, I remember once going to see the head teacher, and in order to see the head teacher, I had to be let through two security panel locked doors. So, um, which I guess in itself was quite odd. And you know, this wasn't in a very kind of rough, regularly rioting school. This was in you know, a very nice school, but nonetheless, um, it's fair to say that the head teacher wasn't very accessible. Um, so, sitting around the, the dining table talking about, very, uh, you know, in the dining hall was was nice. Anyway, we're in the middle of this conversation talking about various things when this year seven boy walks up. Now, it was his second or third day at school. And he walks up to this, this table of staff and goes straight up to Stephen and says, you're the headmaster, aren't you? Stephen, I think, looks up and says, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's right indeed, yeah, I'm the headmaster. And he goes, good, because the vending machine has just stolen my 20p. So... <laughs> And I remember, I remember what happened next, because Stephen kind of got up and he, I think he apologised you know, for this poor boy's misfortune, and then you know, got up and pointed him in the direction of the catering manager and uh, who could help him retrieve his small fortune. And what I remember was then Stephen sat down and commenting on the fact that we were pretty confident this boy, with his take it straight to the top kind of mentality, was clearly going to go far in life, you know? <laughs> I've lost my 20 feet. I'm not messing around with anyone else. I'm going to the head of this school. Um, so it always, it always struck me. But what really struck me was actually how he dealt with it. You know, how kind, gracious and generous Stephen was. You know, he's the, the head of this large, hugely successful school. And yet at no point in that conversation did the year seven boy feel that either him or his um, kind of financial woe didn't matter to Stephen. And he helped him and he pointed in the right direction. 
And that interaction very much shaped how I understood the school and the culture of the school. And, you know, as someone very young in their teaching profession, it really shaped how I saw my role as a teacher. So without any more um, of me, can we please welcome to the stage Steve Monday. Thank you. So, um, I'm getting a chair as well, so don't panic. Um, my, my first question was really just, thank you very much, thank you, was just following on from, from that. Do you remember that, that, that incident yourself? I mean, obviously, lots of things have happened in the past. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I probably do, really, and there were numbers of other such incidents, and it's, it's great. And it, I suppose part of me thinks, you know, you come into education because you want to work with young people, so why wouldn't you want, want to do all that? And actually, these are some of the very fondest memories. It's the unintended uh, moments where you interact and you just get on with it and you end up, you hope, doing what you think's the right thing to do. So yes, that and, and, and others are some of the great things for me about working about in schools. That, that's why you want to work in schools and with, with young people. Absolutely. And I, get, and I guess as you say, you, you, know, you can't plan for those things and yet they can be hugely significant. I mean, that was significant for me, but it wasn't anything you would have planned. But that, I guess that's why it reveals who you are. And that, that kind of comes through. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's right. And, and, why, and um, I'm going to immediately go slightly off script here and say, look, you've had a chance to embarrass me, so here I go, Jeff. Um, <laughs> actually, one of the things I like about this morning is it's really good to have a chance to have a chat with Jeff. I don't get this often. So, you know, if you, if you don't mind watching while we have this <laughs> conversation, um, I, I'm going to make the most of it as well. But, but absolutely. And, you know, what, what is, a, is great and wonderful, particularly if I'm honest in the position that I'm sort of in, is, is I love interacting with children. I really, really enjoy interacting with colleagues as well, actually, and seeing colleagues at work. And I see my job in many ways is trying to support and enable those colleagues. And I guess one of the things I reflect on, I get asked sometimes, you know, how, how do you try and lead all this stuff? And Because when I look at these things, actually, you know, the best thing you can do when you lead things is make sure you've got great and good people doing stuff around you. In other words, people like Jeff, because Jeff um, does a wonderful, so that, you know, he, he, here's in my view what you do in leading a successful organisation. You either say yes, or you don't even realise until it's happened that something wonderful's happening. So you find out eventually that Jeff's gone and written a massive musical off his own back for hundreds of children to perform in, have the time of their lives. Actually, when you bump into them when they're older, you must know this, it's changed their lives sometimes and really given them a new and positive perspective on themselves and what they can do. And then you find out that Jeff's gone and organised to take them to Edinburgh to perform at the Fringe Festival and things like that. It's easy then. It couldn't be easier. So, you know, I, I know Jeff does a lot of work with this church. I, I, I think it's important that I affirm with you, on behalf of very many of my colleagues who work with Jeff, he, he is a wonderful example and absolutely lives true what, what I know he'll be preaching here. So. Thank you very much. I, I was allowed that embarrassment because you got it into me first. I feel like we should just finish it there. You know, they always say kind of quit when you're ahead. Yeah, and, and you can uh, yeah. buy me that cup of I, coffee, can't you? Certainly, I'm responsible for many kind of now upcoming penniless musicians for the rest of their lives. So that, that's, uh, that's a great. <laughs> but um, they're fulfilled. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. um, so perhaps going back to your kind of childhood and you know, and the process of how you know, how did you come to be a teacher? Was that something from a very young age that you sure. kind of? Yeah, and good inevitable question, r really. Um, and. 
It's a good question for me because I, I can be very clear about that. So I'm not one of these people who somehow had it in their consciousness, I am a teacher, I will be a teacher at the age of two years, taught my teddy bears lined up on a bed and all the rest of it, sort of answer I have been given in interview situations about teaching. I was like, really? Wow. Um, so, um, but, but it's an interesting little point, perhaps, about guiding. You know, all of us are thinking, what should we do? And I, I guess vocation and jobs, something. I, I know when this happened, because it's a very specific moment. I'd finished my degree, mentioned a certain subject, wasn't too short to do myself, thought financial services and me weren't going to work out very well, and that might have been a, a, a route way that I saw people taking, thought, I'd, well, I'd get try the civil service, I suppose. So filled that in, thought about that international development. I think I had some view about filled in for it. Took a long time, had it in an envelope, and then as used to happen to me, sometimes invited around for a cup of tea uh, at a lady I knew well because I was very good friends with her son and used to walk to school with him a lot and went and said what's that envelope so I'm just about to post it in the post box my application civil service said give me that I said, what? All right. She said, no, you're not doing that. I don't think you should do I think you should think about <laughs> teaching. Do you, Matt? Oh, right. That's very interesting, Doreen. Um, fine. Uh, yeah, she was a teacher. Um, and uh, <laughs> I said, the thing about Doreen is you never said no to Doreen. I can tell you that. Um, made that mistake once. Um, and so... I guess, as they say, the rest is history. And I, and I say that, you know, it's because, you know, the, for me, the guidance, I know it would be different for different people, it's always made sense retrospectively. I realised, oh, if something was happening then, I didn't have a clue, didn't have a great feeling about it, and yet, you know, in my 32nd year in the teaching profession, loving all of it, and that's the moment it happened, um, because, because of that one moment, and I, I, you know, I see God's hand in that, even though I didn't understand that it was anything particular at the time. And as you say, it's worked out quite well, hasn't it? It's this kind of... Uh... Look, I'm delight <laughs> delighted, and I would stand up. And so you think about what you do. I, for, for me, in all integrity, the most important thing I do, I think, is in the first day or two, we have a lot of trainees. It's a delight to work trainees. You've got some trainees here, including a chap who was serving me coffee earlier. Very grateful to him for that. Actually, I found out he's then training in one of the schools that we have. We didn't know that until that conversation. That was extraordinary. But um, the, 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 to stand up and say, a couple of days into the course... The, the, this is a truly wonderful profession. You are making a great choice. Don't let the press, or even occasionally some of the wider voices around the profession tell you others. It's a seriously tough job. If you, if you want an easy life, I'd walk out the door now. Um, if you want to earn loads and loads of money, it might not be quite right <laughs> for you. Um, on the other hand, if you want to do something that is utterly valuable, totally crucial, and really matters, and has the potential, the reality can be challenging, but the potential to be wonderfully rewarding you're doing the right thing so yeah, yeah I do believe that and 32 years in I still absolutely I don't regret it for one moment at all even though I've just pointed out it wasn't really me who made the decision to do it um, but I've never thought about doing anything else in truth yeah and, and my um, my kind of journey into teaching was kind of similarly late in the day so I, I so Jeff, I, yeah, how did you get into quite, teaching yeah I'm, I'm so glad I you asked you so we did um, yeah no I, I did I did a did a music degree um, and it was you know really enjoyed doing the music degree but hadn't thought before then or even during the degree what am I going to do after this it was just kind of this is what I want to do and that seemed the right thing to do and um, at the end of it I was um, at the time engaged to uh, Joe my wife and her parents um, sent us off on this or kind of arranged for us to go on this weekend retreat that was this Christian conference run by two, um, two MPs, two Christian MPs, a, a Labour MP and a, a Conservative MP. And they were just, they weren't talking about education specifically, but I think they were looking at the, the issue of this series. They were looking at influence and how as Christians, particularly it was focused on kind of young Christians in a similar position to myself, you know, um, 
world at our feet, you know, what are we going to do with our lives to be people of influence? And it was at that very late point that I thought actually teaching would be a great thing to do and somehow managed to get into a PGCE, you know, within a few weeks and then start a couple of months later. And that, that from there, it's, you know, it's, it's never been a decision I've regretted. It's been a fantastic uh, thing to be involved in for all the reasons you say, that, that chance to be involved with so many people's lives, some fairly fleetingly, but others in a really significant way, and that makes, makes a huge difference. Um, do you perhaps want to talk a bit maybe about some people, either teachers or not teachers, who were particularly influential in you as you were growing up and you know, maybe inspired you to in teaching or just in the areas that you kind of pursue? Okay, yeah, of course, and uh, it would be strange for me not to reflect on a teacher uh, um, who... who I recognise had a big influence on me and everyone. It's really an interesting thing, and I suspect everyone would be able to say something similar, that they have been influenced for teacher. We have to realise, teacher, we can influence for good or, or for bad, but again, we're, we're influencing. Um, and uh, there's some lovely series sometimes you see from people in all sorts of walks of life, and so often it seems to boil down to that teacher at that moment saw something in me or sparked something, and, and that's why I am where, where I am today and all the rest of it, which I guess is sort of part of what we're talking about here. I had an economics teacher, surprise, surprise, I read economics at university, as did many um, others in my school because of this person. I suppose the big point about this person is that he, he was a person, and that's what I remember, not necessarily which particular branch of economic theory he taught to us when. I'm sure I should remember that, but, but actually this is true and I try and remind colleagues and indeed the young people we work with, it, it'll be the people you remember, mm. not necessarily the individual things that they taught you as part of a formal curriculum. Um, and you know, he, he was a great guy, he was a wonderful enthusiast for his subject and, and he really seemed to enjoy being with young people, which sort of helps quite a lot, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I remember things like he would turn up in a lesson late in the day and said, boys, um, it was a boys' school, I, said, well, you, I, I can't do the lesson, I'm afraid. What are you talking about? We used to call him the chief, because he was the chief. <laughs> um, didn't call him that. So he said, what, what's the chief going on about? Um, he said, it's the boy's birthday. He meant his son's birthday. And I'm trying to write him a limerick and I can't get the last line. I'm not going to be able to teach this lesson until he's done it. So we'd spend half an hour bouncing ideas around with our teacher about what the last line of this limerick for his nine-year-old boy was going to be. Got that out of the way. Last 20 minutes. Uh, government spending. That's right. That's what we were supposed to be on. Of course, we all went away, did the reading, understood it, loved it, and many of us went on and read it at university. So, you know, the person as the teacher trumping everything in terms of the yeah. actual content of the teaching itself. I mean, I'm assuming that wasn't an Ofsted inspected lesson. I mean, that would be a, be a risky, <laughs> risky strategy. Uh, but it's a... Some often inspectors get that. But yeah, yeah. Um, you no, ju I, just say that to your head teacher when you're doing that sort of thing. So he told me. Yeah, 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 anyway, carry yeah. on. No, I, and, I, and I think it's really true because, you know, it's, it's, um, it's I, I guess, helping people to capture your enthusiasm and love of a subject. I think... I always feel that burden, particularly in something like music. You know, I think if at the end of their music education, whether they finish in year nine or later, you know, if they haven't mostly enjoyed the subject and what they've got out of it, I think, what have I achieved? If all I've taught them is they don't like music, that doesn't feel like a, a very productive thing to do. Whereas actually, you, you hope that they go with some sense of loving the subject you teach. And I guess it must be true that the best teachers are those that do love their subject 
for their subject's sake, and that comes out in all sorts of different ways in the way they teach. Yeah, and, and absolutely, and, and you can imagine being in Jeff's classes, and I would try and imagine myself being there. I'd love music. Of course I'd love music, because, you know, Jeff does, and he, he's concerned for the answers. You, slight polar opposite of my own music teacher when I was 11 we all took a music test and he looked at the results and looked at me and said well you won't be learning an instrument then will you <laughs> etc and I didn't um, uh, uh, actually part of all of that is you know you think about what's great about education working in schools for me having the privilege of w watching lessons and watching master craftspeople at work is is a wonderful wonderful thing and seeing how people like Jeff and others manage to work with a group of youngsters engage them develop their understanding love and walk out the lesson feeling good about themselves and and, and really thinking that they can see life and understand the world more is if I'm, I'll be honest is I find it a moving experience you know it's a wonderful thing to do and one of the best things, given that I'm not let loose too directly on the classroom these days, which is probably a very good thing, <laughs> um, you know, in, in a sense, it's sort of vicariously doing it through others and, and seeing that, and that, that's a wonderful thing. And I, I guess that leads in some ways on to, you know, your role has changed a lot over, you know, the, the past years, so starting as a classroom teacher, then as a head teacher of a school, and now kind of leading a whole network of schools. So what are, what are the things you find obviously very rewarding about that as a job, but also what are some of the challenges, you know, with your current kind of role? Yeah, okay. I mean, that, that's a good and, and an interesting question. It sort of links with how do you try and work and things about culture and ethos and, and what are you trying to do? And, you know, when you're in an individual organisation, um, you, you can do some things day in, day out that you're interacting with people and you try and get on with life and you live life as it sh should be lived you try and you know at, at the very least I used to think well what I'm going to do today is I'm going to make sure I open doors for pupils and colleagues as much as I can and I'll pick up litter because I might make lots of mistakes but I can get those things right um, and, and, and that's something I, I was going to comment on that because I, I it was a, again a very early memory I had of Combaton was that at the end of lunch times and break times you'd often be you know wandering around the school you know picking up litter and that that then meant that all the staff did it and the pupils did it as well and we, ne we never had a training session on a training day where you would say if you see litter on the ground pick it up but it was just because it was something you you did and because you did it staff did it and because staff did it pupils did it or you could feel you could ask pupils to do it and I think it's I remember at a similar kind of time I was involved in various things that were going on in the church here in terms of shaping a culture and how, how do you shape a culture not just by saying what you want by showing what you want and that was always a really um, very strong example of that, you know, by doing it, others do it, and then that just becomes the ethos of the school. Yeah, and, uh, and I guess, you know, your other bit about the question, though, is what about as the organisation grows, there's different parts yeah, to it, branches, variety, etc. Well, how, how do you work with that, you know, because that sort of is different. You can't be day in, day out, physically present and, and doing... So, so what do... And I, I think my, my answer to that is... Ultimately, you, you have to try and shape the things that you can and then you know, leave people to it. Within. And the thing that you try and shape is values. I, I find myself, when I talk with groups of colleagues particularly and numbers of others, I try to talk values the whole time and say, this, you know, th this is what we're about, isn't it? This is what we believe, isn't it? This is what we're trying to do and why we're in all of this. W what I 
can't do, I can try and do, but I can't do, is say, and here's what you need to be doing at 9.30, and this is the way that you do yeah. it, and here's, here's the template that you need to, et cetera, et cetera. I suppose, especially because the, the schools are so different. Sure. Some of them are primary schools all the way through yeah. to sick forms. And yeah, and they, some of them were quite rightly so, what do you know? And they'd <laughs> have a very fair point there. Um, but but I, so, so absolutely, you know, and as a sort of leadership maxim, I, I've been struck for many years about the thing of that tight values, loose control or loose values, tight control, you know, and, and I'd, I'd rather not go for the tight control part of else it doesn't work and you'll blow up if you try and do it. The only thing actually you can do, and you just have to accept it, is try to influence values, principles, the things that are at the heart that really matter, and I hope give freedom then within that to people to say, look, you get it, you, you get on and do it, and then you tell me what's the best way of doing it, because you probably know better than me. So that, that's... Okay. That, that's, I think, what, what I try and do and try and remind myself of what I should be doing. Very good. Excellent. Um, can we talk a little bit about, I guess, how your faith impacts the, the job you do, but then also the flip side of that, how does the job you do impact your faith and how, how do those things you know, flow together in terms of your Christian life and your work life? Okay, um, and there's two different questions. They're quite interesting questions. So the, the faith bit, I mean, there's a lot we could say about all this. So here, here's, here's the obvious first thing I would say, that, you know, at, at the core of everything that I believe and that then influences, I hope, the way that I behave comes from my faith. You know, we all have starting points, whether we acknowledge that or not, we do. So f for me, it needs to be thinking about how... Um, what I'm seeking to do within education, within schools, working with colleagues, is utterly consistent with fundamental beliefs about you know, God is God, God created the world, God created everyone as a child of his, everyone really, really matters, has got phenomenal potential, and the other core beliefs that we will all have, yeah, what, what, so. what does that mean in terms of education? How do we interpret that? day in, day out, and also in big policy matters, you know, and I think absolutely it means we should be bothered about those who have more struggles in society, because mm. everyone matters, and uh, I noticed Jesus seemed to be very bothered about those people, yeah. so should we in education. So, so all those things, I, I guess, you want a consistency with regard to to all of that. I think also though it's all, it is day in day out and, and it is, it's not just sort of what you might be aiming to do but, but how you do it as well and, and I think I'd use, you, know, you hear the phrase don't you that the end justifies the means um, I don't believe that actually, the means matter as well, you know mm. if, if you seek to follow Jesus you treat people with dignity and with decency and you're bothered about them yeah. as, as real important people and it's not good enough to tread over people in order for the greater end because that greater end starts not looking very good in my book so you know let, let, let's remember it's as much about how you go about things as, as what it is the great big thing that, that you're aiming for um, and I guess my other bit about this and obviously I reflect quite a bit on this <laughs> is um, and I need to remind myself daily about this is you've got to remember when you're involved in stuff and full of challenges and you know and anyone who would work in education would say to say it doesn't have its challenges would be to lie you know in a sense that's part of the greatness of it but um, there are always challenges school budgets quite often don't add up or something <laughs> doesn't go quite right in, a, in another school you've got a difficulty remember something and you think oh my word you know so you've got to say hang on hang on just remember that, that at core here um, it's okay you know, God, God is in control of this and you're not. So don't actually pretend that you're or try to be in control of it because 
you know, he, he, he landed you in it in the first place. So <laughs> for, fortunately, he's got a bit more power than you as well. So, you know, probably somehow or other, th this will all work through, even though I don't quite get it. And, and actually, that's, if I'm, I'm, I'm just being open and honest here, that stops me blowing up sometimes that, yeah. you know, at core, say, it's okay, you know, I'm safe, I'm saved, I'm loved and get on with it, therefore. Mm. And uh, uh, that, that's, that's something yeah, I absolutely. remind myself of. Um, and I, I think, you know, any, any teacher in the classroom environment is kind of dealing with that, you know, that tension or that you know, potential, I guess, between the small scale and the large scale. So knowing you have a class full of, you know, 25, 30 kids in front of you, but also you have individuals and, you know, you might have a child that is maybe giving you some challenges in your lesson, but then when you know a little bit more about some of the reasons behind that, obviously, and this goes back into what Anne was saying as well, but at the same time as having that individual focus, trying to keep that, that broad perspective that you're talking about. And if that's, you know, if that's true for a, for a classroom situation, how much more true is that for a, 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 a situation across many schools, but always trying to keep it child-focused as well as keeping an eye on the hole? I think that's right. And again, one of the things I'd say to new trainee teachers is, look, whatever else you do this year, work out your educational philosophy and why you're doing all of this. Because there will be some intriguing moments. I remember in my first year of teaching, you probably had a similar group, occasionally you got down, put down for cover for certain lessons. And there was one particular group on a Friday afternoon that uh, the new colleagues came to nickname Five Stanley Knives. Um, and it was fifth year, year 11 these days, and it was the DT, and they always had their Stanley knives out, and they weren't always the most motivated learners that you'd ever come across. And said, so look, you know, when you're confronted with five Stanley knives on a Friday afternoon, you, you, you'll need to know, remember why you're doing all of this, because there will be some challenges. So, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Um, just perhaps one final question. Um, looking forward... You know, thinking about you know, the future in terms of education and faith, often, um, whether it's through the media or through the news, sometimes both things can be presented in quite a kind of depressing way. You know, people have kind of thoughts about you know, the future of the, the, the education, where schools are going, and, and the same for um, faith and churches. So in the midst of all that, what reasons do you see for us to be optimistic, for us to be kind of full of hope and faith, both I won't ask about economics because that might <laughs> that may be a more muddy picture. But in terms of education and in terms of you know faith, what reasons have we got to be optimistic? Okay, yeah, absolutely. Look, hey, there's there's a simple big answer here, and uh, um, it, we we work in good news. This church is about good news. So how absolutely. can we not be optimistic? You know, yeah. and let's remember that that that's big picture. End of sign sealed and delivered. It's good news. So we operate with it under that banner and, that, and that's for me that's the big answer yeah, I mean I guess in education it, in many ways the answer the big answer to all of this is the same as it's always been it's just a joy and a privilege to be involved with working with young people mm. and seeking to support them to develop to become the, the wonderful people that they they can become and that God wants them to become what could be better and I you know absolutely I would say that to anyone who you know wants to be involved in education it, it, it's a wonderful God-given right way, you know, th this is life as it can be and as we were created to be. So, so that's the big answer, I think. There, there's a particular thing I'm hoping to get him 
involved with and am getting involved with significantly about a development amongst the teaching profession, which I think can be significant for us, called the Chartered College of Teaching, which is an attempt to create a proper professional association right across the profession um, that it does exist, if you think about it, in numbers of other professions, but never really has for the teaching profession, that seeks to... Um, have the profession's voice and oversight about well, what are we doing ourselves about what we think is right, the yeah. way the profession needs to go, how it should support its own development, etc., and seek to grow that. And I think that could be a great and a really powerful and important thing. And, and, and you know, I'm fortunate, I think, to have an opportunity to get involved in that um, soon. On the, on the church front, I... I um, I think a, a specific that I would quote is a meeting a couple of weeks ago I had where sitting around a table with a number of people, um, particularly being led by a reasonably recently local appointed senior police officer across Cambridgeshire and Peterborough, and sitting in the room um, were, were people who had an interest in supporting community and families and young people in a particular area, it's a part of Huntingdon actually where we've got some schools. Um, and it was interesting who was in that room and what was being said. So there was a senior police officer, as myself. There was a youth worker working with some churches across Huntingdon. There was a minister of a newly established church that's going to meet in another of our schools, St Peter's School, um, that, that's near particularly on, on the edge of the Oxmoor Estate, which was a particular police concern and focus. And there were some representatives of Cambridge United Community Trust who were thinking of going in there um, that, that got some significant Christian influence there as well, well as the wider football club. And I was really really struck by what the police officer said with putting a new young police graduate into this area and said well the first thing I've told them is they need to go and work and find out what's happening and most obviously they've got to find out what the churches are doing because it's mm. the churches that are doing things um, yeah. and you know that that's where I see influence so I'm just going to work in partnership with what's there and I hope I can work with and strengthen for the good particularly for the disadvantaged here he's a far thinking guy you know he said because that's what I need to tackle we're going to tackle crime we've got to get to the, the real issue of it and without any hesitation I've no idea what his faith position is or, or, or not etc he said that means I've got to go and work with the church because they're the people who are doing mm. things on the ground and making a difference which is great thank you well perhaps on that note we'll say um, yeah once more thank you to Stephen Monday for everything said thank you thank you very much um, a huge amount there to think about and a huge kind of encouragement, hopefully for each of us in many, many different kind of contexts and environments and work situations and our wider kind of lives. But to be those who are influencing, to be those who are shaping and to be confident in the message that we carry forward as we do that. But as we close on the worship teams coming up, let's, let's stand and pray together before we do that. Let's just uh, stand now. Um, after we've sung this final... Uh, chorus, Kate is going to come up again and she's just going to give an opportunity if there's anybody here who has never taken the step of beginning that relationship with Jesus as hopefully has come through the, the conversation we've had you know, our, our kind of right and our opportunity to be people of influence in the world doesn't come from who we are, it comes from the relationship we have with Jesus and the fact that what he's given us we look in some way to give to those around us. And if you've never taken that step of starting a relationship of faith with Jesus, we would encourage you to do that this morning and to say, yes, actually, I want, to, I want my life to be influenced by him. I want the inflow of 
his goodness, his mercy and his grace into my life. I want to open myself up to that. So if that's a decision you want to make this morning, Kate's going to give you that opportunity in a few minutes. So perhaps just think about that as we sing this final song. But let's quickly bow our heads in prayer. Father God, we thank you for Stephen. We thank you for that someone in such an influential position in so many people's lives has such a focus on you as, um, as his Lord and Saviour. And we thank you for that, Jesus. And we pray for everybody here in many, many different ways that we may be involved very specifically in classroom teaching or in many other ways that we're involved in shaping and influencing others. I pray that you would help each and every one of us to take that responsibility seriously, to recognise that we all carry within us, because of you and your work, as we carry that opportunity to be influencers and to be shapers and to be life changers. Let us not kind of ignore that or be remiss in giving proper dedication to recognising that that we can do that and that we can do that in a significant way. I pray that this week we might think about those questions. Who is there in my life that I'm influencing? How am I shaping them? How am I helping them in their life? And in what ways am I being shaped? And in what ways is that appropriately equipping me to do that for other people? I pray that you'd work in each and every one of us and that you would work through each and every one of us this week. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus.